We're on problem number 10. And it says, in a certain class, one student is to be selected at random to read. What is the probability that a boy will read? OK, so I guess we can assume that everyone in the class can read, because they don't really talk much about that. And we can, I think we can assume that everyone in the class is either a boy or a girl, that we don't have any um, third genders in this, in this reality. OK, so what are the statements? So we essentially just want to know, well, what's the probability we pick a boy in the class? Right? Whether or not they read is kind of. So what's the probability that we pick a boy? So to figure out whether we're going to pick a boy, we have to know essentially what, what percentage of the class are boys. So what are the statements they give us? Statement number one is 2 thirds of the students in the class are boys. Well, that's just what I asked for, 2 thirds boys. Well, that exactly tells me the probability that I pick a boy. It's 2 out of 3, or 66.66, you know, repeating percentage. So this alone is enough. So what does it see if statement two is at all useful? Statement two, 10, in the, 10, 10 of the students in the class are girls. 10 girls. Well, this, especially by itself, is a fairly useless statement. Because maybe there, there are 10 girls, maybe there are zero boys, in which case this probability would be zero. But maybe there are 10 girls and 10 boys, in which case this would be 50%. So 10 girls by itself really doesn't tell us much. So in this case, all we need is statement one, and statement two alone is not sufficient. So that is what? I always forget these. A, statement one alone is sufficient, but statement two is not sufficient. That's A. Problem 11. Let me switch colors to green. Problem 11. If 5x plus 3y is equal to 17, so 5x plus 3y is equal to 17, they want to know what x is equal to. x is equal to what? OK, the first statement they give us is x is a positive integer. x is a positive integer. Well, that doesn't help us solve x. I mean, x could be any positive integer. And they gave us no constraints on y, so we really could pick x as any positive integer. So that doesn't help us with that. Statement number two is y is equal to 4x. Well, this is a little bit more interesting. y is equal to 4x. Well, here we could substitute this in for y and then solve for x. And remember, in these problems, you really don't have to solve for x. You just have to know that you could. So I immediately just recognizing it, I could say, well, this is all I need to do to solve for x. And just to prove it to you, let's do it. Although you shouldn't have to do this on the GMAT. So 5x plus 3 times y. Well, y is equal to 4x is equal to 17. So you get 5x plus 12x is equal to 17. Or 17x is equal to 17. x is equal to 1. So all you needed was statement 2. And statement 1 was fairly useless. So that is b. Statement 2 alone is sufficient. But statement 1 alone is not sufficient. Problem 12. Problem 12. Problem 12. Does the prod so they're asking whether the product J K M N equal one? Does that equal one? So the first statement they give us, let me scroll down a little bit. The first statement they give us is J K over M N is equal to one. Let's see, we could do a little algebraic manipulation, multiply both sides by mn, you get jk is equal to mn, right? I just multiplied both sides by mn. But that really doesn't doesn't help me. I mean that just tells me that this part is equal to this part. Um, you know, 
but it doesn't really tell me that they, when you multiply them all together, you equal 1. Let's see if statement 2 is at all helpful. Statement 2 tells us that j is equal to 1 over k, and m is equal to 1 over n. So let's see if we could do some interesting algebraic manipulations. So let's see, multiply both sides of this by k, you get j k is equal to 1. And do the same thing here, multiply both sides times n, you get m n is equal to 1. Well, this is useful, because if j times k is equal to 1, and m times n is equal to 1, so then j times k, this is equal to 1, and m times n is equal to 1. So the whole product is just going to be 1 times 1. Well, that's definitely going to be equal to 1. So using just the information in statement 2, we were able to verify that j times k times n times n is equal to 1. So this is all we needed. And statement 1 was fairly useless. So that is what? That is b. Statement 2 alone is sufficient. Statement 1 alone is not sufficient. Let's do problem number 13. Problem 13. A certain expressway has exits j, k, l, and m in that order. All right, I already. My guess is that it's going to be some type of a number line problem if I had to. The intuition. So let's see the exits. J. K. L and M. L, and M. That's the highway in that order. And then they say, what is the road distance from exit K to exit L? So they want to know this distance right here. That's what we have to see if we have sufficient data to figure out. So statement one, they tell us the road distance from exit J to L is 21. So we could just write that in. So line segment JL is equal to 21. So that tells us that this distance right here is 21. Well, that by itself, because we don't know where k is within that 21 miles, so that alone doesn't help us. Let's see if statement 2 helps figure out things. The road distance from k to m is 26. k to m is equal to 26. So this distance is equal to 26. This doesn't really help us at all, because if you think about it, imagine, so the, the distance between k and m is fixed, right? But k could be here which would put m here, right? Or, and then of course, that would change the kl distance. Or k could be really close to l, which would put m here, right? If you viewed, you know, m is definitely 26 miles or whatever it is, 26 yeah, kilometers further from k. So we don't know where k is. This, this second constraint still doesn't tell us where k is relative to, you know, is it closer to j? Is it closer to l? We don't know. So both of them. Combined are useless, so that is E. Problem number 14, unless I miss something. Problem number 14. Is the integer k a prime number? So k prime. Is k prime. So the first statement they give us is that 2k is equal to 6. We could just do a little algebra here, divide both sides by 2, and we get k is equal to 3. And 3 is prime. So this is good. That's all we needed. We're done. Well, let's see what 2 gives us. Maybe 2 also gives us that. See, 2 says that 1 one is less than k, which is less than 6. Well, this is kind of useless, because this, this is just telling us that k, we know it's an integer, 
because they say it's the integer k prime number, but k could be 2, in which case it wouldn't be, well, 2 is, is prime, but k could be 4, in which case it's not prime. Or it could still be 3, so we don't know. So this is kind of useless. So all we need is statement 1, and statement 2 is not sufficient. So that's A. Problem number 15. Let me switch colors. 15. Okay, so they've 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 drawn some some type of a xy axes. So that's the y-axis. That's the x-axis. Alrighty. X, y, and then they they have this. They drew one, one, and then they label the quadrants. Quadrant one, quadrant two, quadrant three. They do it in Roman numerals, and they say quadrant four. And they say if a b does not equal zero, so a times b does not equal zero, which essentially tells us that neither a or b, neither a nor b is zero. Okay, a b does not equal zero. In what quadrant of the coordinate system does does point a b lie? So they want to know where a b is. So quadrant of a b. Okay, let's look at the data. All right, so we know AB can't. Well, we we know it's not along the axes because if one of these were zero, then we'd be along the axes. Either A or B were zero. Let's see. It says, this is interesting. It says, BA is in is in quadrant four. BA. So this is interesting. So quadrant four. Quadrant four tells us what. If something is in quadrant four, let me do that in a different color. This is a, this is I think the first interesting problem we've encountered. Quadrant four tells us that x is greater than zero, right? Because we're in the positive x-axis, and tells us that y is less than zero, right? Because we're in the negative y-axis, right? We're here. So if b a is in quadrant four, in this case, b is playing the role of x, right? This is the point b a. So that tells us that b has to be greater than 0. b is greater than 0. And this is telling us that a, because it's playing the function of the y coordinate here, a has to be less than 0. a has to be less than 0. So if we talk about the point a comma b, a comma b, well now we're in a situation where we know that a is less than 0, so we know that x is less than 0. And we know that b is greater than 0. And now b is playing the y coordinate, so we know that y is greater than 0. So if x is less than 0, we're in the pot negative x, and y is greater than 0 over here. So a comma b is going to have to be there someplace. So statement number one was all we needed to know that it's going to be in quadrant 2. So statement number one is good. Now let's take a look at statement number 2. Well, statement number two is kind of the same thing. So we actually don't even have to work it out. That statement two alone is also sufficient, just eyeballing it. But let me work it out. But we can apply the exact same logic. Statement two says a comma minus b in quadrant three. Well, if we're in quadrant three, that means that x is less than zero, right? And a plays the x role. So this tells us that a is less than 0. And quadrant 3 tells us that y is also less than 0. And the y coordinate here is minus b. So it tells us that minus b 
is less than 0, right? This point is minus b, so minus b has to be less than 0, which tells us you can multiply both sides by negative 1 or divide, and that tells us that b is greater than 0. So you, you get the same information from statement 2 as you get from statement 1, that a is less than 0, and b is greater than 0, and then you can use that to figure out where that a, b has to be in quadrant 2. So each of them independently are sufficient to answer the questions. So the answer is d. See you in the next video.